A heavy sentence handed California's laser striker. Expedition 38 is back on terra firma. And the FAA issues a safety alert on GPS autopilot interface. This is Aero News for Wednesday, March 12, 2014. I'm Glenn Moyer. Sergio Patrick Rodriguez, 26, of Clovis, California, has been sentenced to 14 years in prison for aiming a laser pointer at Fresno Police Helicopter Air One and attempting to interfere with its operation, according to United States Attorney Benjamin B. Wagner. Calling him a quote-unquote walking crime spree, United States District Judge Lawrence J. O'Neill said the crime was serious with potentially deadly consequences. Rodriguez and his girlfriend, Jennifer Lorraine Coleman, 23, were both convicted by a federal jury after a three-day trial in Fresno, California, in December of last year. According to evidence presented at the trial, Rodriguez and Coleman used a high-powered green laser pointer, 13 times more powerful than allotted for a handheld laser, to repeatedly strike the cockpit of Air One during a clear summer night in 2012. Air One had responded to the apartment complex where Rodriguez and Coleman resided near the Fresno-Yosemite International Airport to investigate the report of laser strikes on Air George, an emergency transport helicopter for Children's Hospital of Central California. In imposing the sentence, Judge O'Neill considered not only the severity of the offenses, but Rodriguez's significant criminal history, numerous probation violations, and bulldog gang affiliation along with testimony that his actions could have caused serious bodily injury and, indirectly, death, due to a high potential for a crash caused by visual interference. This is believed to be the longest sentence ever for a laser strike violation. Three crew members from the International Space Station returned to Earth on Monday after 166 days in space, during which they made 2,656 orbits around the planet and traveled almost 70.5 million miles. Boy, think of the frequent flyer benefits. Expedition 38 crew members Michael Hopkins of NASA and Oleg Kotov and Sergei Ryazansky of the Russian Federal Space Agency touched down at about 23.24 Eastern Daylight Time on March 11th in Kazakhstan. During their time aboard the orbiting laboratory, the three men were there to welcome three visiting cargo spacecraft including Orbital Sciences' Cygnus spacecraft. This was the company's first of at least eight cargo delivery flights through 2016 to the station under NASA's Commercial Resupply Services contract. The FAA has issued a safety alert for operators, or a SAFO, focusing on continuing reports of GPS, GNSS installations or upgrades in which integration with existing autopilots has resulted in less-than-ideal performance in some modes or conditions. Lateral and vertical performance of particular combinations of legacy autopilots and GPS-GNSS systems may or may not have been considered by the equipment manufacturer during the original integration and certification of the GPS-GNSS. According to the FAA, the problems and issues caused by coupled GPS, GNSS, and autopilot systems may cause an increase in workload for the flight crew when it comes to complying with the rules of separation and navigation. The situation is typically the result of incompatibility in the interface between legacy autopilots and the new or upgraded navigation source. 
The FAA recommends that all operators, maintenance personnel, organization designation authorizations, designated engineering representatives, and repair stations are reminded that when choosing to install or upgrade systems or equipment by means other than STC, a thorough evaluation of the alteration must still be accomplished. Well, you've no doubt seen the photos online by now. The pilot of an airplane that was involved in a mid-air collision with a skydiver near Tampa, Florida, Saturday, says it's difficult to know exactly what happened when the plane and the jumper wound up occupying the same airspace. The pilot was 87-year-old Sharon Trimbley. He told television station WTVT that he was on approach for South Lakeland Airport in Mulberry, Florida, as the skydiver, 49-year-old Stephen Frost, was also landing. Trimbley said he pulled back sharply on the stick of his airplane to avoid hitting Frost, and that had he not done that, quote, he would have been dead, and you can see that from the pictures, end quote. The plane instead became entangled in Frost's parachute cords, which tossed him into the air. Both hit the ground. The airplane impacted the ground in a nose-low attitude. Frost told the station that he made some quick decisions, which he thinks helped him survive the accident. The skydiver, with fewer than 100 jumps to his credit, said he curled up in a ball to make himself a smaller target and also tried to speed up to get out of the way of the airplane. Frost said he was extremely lucky. He was largely uninjured but for some scrapes and bruises. Trimbley also suffered non-life-threatening injuries, including bruised vocal cords and a cut to his neck that required stitches. When Aero News continues... Sally Ride goes into the WAI Hall of Fame. But can a drone deliver a singing telegram? And must play well with others. Redbird Flight Simulations is dedicated to revolutionizing flight training by designing, manufacturing, and delivering affordable and innovative flight training technologies. Each Redbird device is designed to enhance the training experience for pilots of all levels, from student to ATP. Redbird is quickly becoming the industry standard for flight training. Since Redbird introduced its revolutionary FMX in 2007, colleges, universities, and flight training operations around the world have integrated Redbird products into their curriculum. It's time to discover what Redbird can do for you. Join the migration. The Bendix King KLR-10 Lift Reserve Indicator is now available for certified aircraft. It is an affordable, intuitive device for angle of attack awareness. KLR-10 provides visual and audible lift cues while scanning for traffic or monitoring the runway on approach. Learn more at BendixKing.com or your local authorized dealer. Aero News continues now for Wednesday, March 12. I'm Glenn Moyer. The Women in Aviation International inducted four new women into its International Pioneer Hall of Fame, with Sally Ride, America's first woman in space, joining Nancy Curry, Beryl Markham, and Sheila Scott as honorees. These women were honored at WAI's 25th Annual International Conference that was held March 6th through the 8th at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort in Lake Buena Vista, Florida. Through her career as an astronaut, educator, and then founder of Sally Ride Science, Sally was and remains an inspiration to girls of all ages and anyone who knew her, says Dr. Tom O'Shaughnessy a co-founder and the board chair of Sally Ride Science. Sally knew from the start that being America's first female astronaut was more than just a great story, he says. It was a way to get more girls and boys engaged in science, and that's exactly why she founded Sally Ride Science. WAI President Dr. Peggy Chabriane described Ride and the other inductees as, quote, women who didn't just break down barriers. They opened the door for other women as well, end quote.
In response to the recent ruling by a federal judge to make commercial use of drones legal, FlowerDeliveryExpress.com says it will resume testing UAVs to deliver flowers in the metro Detroit area. Along with other companies testing UAVs commercially, such as Amazon and Domino's Pizza, the company conducted the first flower delivery by drone just before Valentine's Day. However, in response to the FAA, which informed the company that commercial use is only authorized on a case-by-case basis, the company was forced to halt future testing with its aircraft. Now, following this latest court ruling, Wesley Berry, CEO of FlowerDeliveryExpress.com, said, quote, I fully intend to resume testing in the next few weeks. Barry will include testing drones along with other methods of delivery as part of the company's beta test groups, saying, quote, Drones have arrived. We are prepared to fly forward. End quote. The friction between pilots of the recently merged American Airlines and U.S. Airways seeped into a cockpit recently when a U.S. Airways captain refused to allow three American pilots to ride in his airplane's jump seat, as is a common practice. Pilots will normally let other pilots ride in the cockpit jump seat as a professional courtesy, particularly in an area where pilots may have to commute long distances to their jobs. The unnamed U.S. Airways captain refused such privileges to pilots from American three times, according to a report appearing in The Street. In a letter sent from U.S. Airways in Charlotte, North Carolina, the airline's pilot union said that the pilot in question, whom they characterized in the letter as a rogue, hung up on union officials twice when contacted. This captain's immature actions have put our jump seat privileges with American Airlines in jeopardy, they wrote, continuing, We knew going into this merger that there would be disagreements regarding seniority. There is a process to handle this, and it will work out in the end. There are three places that we should never let politics interfere. Safety, training, and the jump seat. End quote. I'm Glenn Moyer. As always, I thank you for listening. You're now cleared for departure.